there are people like myself who have thought about using real estate investing as a way to gain financial independence. Like me, I had this thing called fear that kept me from pursuing this investment strategy. Why is that? My next guest gave a very impactful statement. What he said was, I never overcame fear. I learned how to dance with it, with me leading. Hi, my name is Sam Lloyd, host of the Red Chair Life podcast. And my next guest has a fascinating story from an early childhood to uh, being in the military and then recently getting into the world of real estate investing. And then lastly, it's a podcaster. So without taking further time, I'd like to introduce you to Nelson Zimbrano. How are you doing today? Yes. I'm doing outstanding, Sam. Outstanding. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being a guest on my podcast show. Um, Really excited to talk to you because uh, there's multiple things. First, you have a very, very interesting background that most people uh, would think, you know, I'm talking about something from Mission Impossible, which it is, folks. <laughs> I was like, wow, man, this is crazy. But um, I, I wanted to, to start out, uh, you're, you're currently living in, in uh, Florida, correct? Yes, yes, I live in South Florida. Okay, okay. Had to enjoy the weather. I'm sure uh, most of the world is probably very jealous of the Florida environment and the weather. Um, just kind of uh, starting out, uh, can you kind of briefly go over your, you know, your, er your early childhood in terms of how, uh, where, uh, where you live, went to school, and uh, college, stuff like that, just real briefly? Yeah, sure, Sam. Um, my parents are Colombian. Um, you know, of, uh, of Colombian descent. And I went to, I was born in the U S and <clears throat> excuse me, they, um, they sent me to Colombia to a school for expat kids. My dad had a rule, has a rule is we all must speak another language. So I went to a school in South America for expat kids. Um, and expats are people from one country to live in another country. Um, I came back to the U.S., big shock, because I was a very kind of an elite private school. And oh. I went to a public school in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. So it was not the Brooklyn of today, which is, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, East oh, New York. Wow. <clears throat> East New York, Pickin' Avenue. And um, uh, by uh, three blocks, four blocks away from the pink houses. So... So it was a big shock to me uh, from this elite private school to, you know, a public school in, in New York City. Um, finished up school here, went to the University of Georgia, uh, graduated, became a commissioned army officer and peace broke out. So they said, hey, no, you don't have to worry about paying back college. And I really wanted to have this military career. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they said, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. I, I made sure I... I had a military scholarship so that I could go on active duty and they said, don't worry about it. So I was a bit um, kind of lost. Like, what am I going to do now? Um, <clears throat> but lo and behold, uh, the first Gulf War came around and I was okay. recalled to active duty. So I deployed and I was with third special forces group. And, uh, and that was a big deal as a second lieutenant to be in a special forces unit, uh, especially as an infantry officer, okay. as an infantryman. Uh, once that was over, I came back, moved to Florida, worked in financial services industry. And um, I divide my life as before 9-11 and after 9-11. I was scheduled to be at the World Trade Center on 
I was not there. It was a pure fluke of nature. Oh, wait a minute. Um, wait, 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 wait. If I had you, been there for that meeting. Uh, you were scheduled to be at the, nine, at the World Trade Center on that day? <clears throat> yes, yes. I had a presentation. Wow. And we were going to finish the presentation, yeah, at uh, 8 in the morning. Yeah. And then I told the guy I work with, I said, at 9 o'clock or 9.15, we'll be eating croissants in the top at Windows on the World. Um, the plane, the first plane hit around 9.15, So I would have been stuck on top or maybe it would have hit while we were in the elevators. So, um, so what, what changed the plan at the last minute? I mean, uh, you, you said it was a fluke, but what, what changed? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, <clears throat> I changed my, my flight around. Uh, so instead of being in New York on Tuesday, I would have been on Thursday okay. to see my parents on Long Island oh, and okay. the plane hit on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, so I missed it. I, I missed being there. Right. The, the, the strange thing is, well, I, I, I wasn't there that day. <clears throat> the towers got hit. Right. Um, towers went down. I got a severance package. Um, with that severance package, I started buying uh, or I bought my first investment property. A strange coincidence did happen, though. <clears throat> The ringleader of the 9-11 hijackers, his name is, uh, or was, Mohammed Atta. Okay. Mohammed Atta was renting a property in, in Hollywood, Florida. I was actually looking at the property next to where he was living. And then I told the agent I was working with that I want to look at that house. And that was the house actually being rented by Mohammed Atta. Oh, come on, Nelson. No way. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> it was a strange series of coincidences. We would have been running into each other or passing. Yeah. Um, and then my first, so I bought the rental property. Um, I bought that immediately thereafter. I was recalled to active duty. Um, and then that first deployment was all directly related to against Al-Qaeda. It was all strictly focused on Al-Qaeda. Um, and, um, yeah, so, I'll, uh, that, I mean, that's all I can kind of say about that. Um, so that was strictly focused on Al-Qaeda. Um, there, a very good friend of mine who turned into a mentor who recently passed away said, do you want to go back to financial services? And I said, no. And he said, well, would you be interested in K&R? And that's kidnapping ransom work. Um, and you had to speak a foreign language, have a military background, know a bit about business and be comfortable working overseas. Okay. And I said, sure, I'm game. So he trained me up. And as soon as I got back to the U.S. within a week, I was working in K&R, uh, in the K&R field. <clears throat> and these are like, so, uh, in, in terms of kidnap ransom, are, are these like ordinary people or just high profile people or what, 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 what type of people would you... Was this company uh, concentrating on? Yeah, so it was with Lloyd's of London, and Lloyd's of London is definitely the the world leader in the area of kidnap and ransom insurance. As I describe it, they insure everything that is strange and unique. Uh, so whether it's a thoroughbred racehorse, <clears throat> um, you know, probably some parts of J Lo, maybe. Um, 
they actually that those those <laughs> things are actually insured. Um, they are that they are actually insured. Oh my god. Uh, so I can't say specifically for JLO because I didn't handle that area. Um, but based on my experience, those assets would be insured. Um, oh, that is funny. Yeah, wow. yeah, they have a monetary value. Okay. Um, and if you don't believe me, look at the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> so, um, so it's broken down into two areas. One is kind of think of it as people that work for maybe um, a multinational company and they go overseas and they will probably have some type of a coverage. Most of the people that are covered do not know that they're covered. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but the people that actually have the most risk are the high net worth and ultra high net worth people from that specific country. So a U.S citizen actually has relatively low risk, let's say compared to a, um, again, relatively compared to a high net worth person from that specific country. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Because the U S citizen <clears throat> isn't there for that long or in business, uh, but that person from that specific country, they have a pretty high profile. Right. right. And, people have an idea of the family's net worth. So they're a much bigger and easier target. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Wow. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So my, the market I work with was with the high net worth people who were residents, citizens of those specific countries. And that was from Mexico all the way down to Argentina and the Caribbean. Okay. Okay. That's huge, huge area. So, um, uh, you you were saying that uh, during this process you did help the recovery of three U.S. citizens U U.S. citizens at that time when you were when you were with the uh, uh, Lloyd's London, correct? Right. So what happened was um, at the time I I changed my my military status. I was in the reserves. <clears throat> well, I went back into the reserves, and I was with a special operations unit. So they had a section for reservists and they had a bunch of full-time guys there. Um, and I went to, I was getting promoted. I was going from a captain to a major. So I figured I'll have my promotion ceremony there on my weekend, so to speak, and have my parents there. So the commanding general said, Hey, I need to see his resume, right? He's going to be the officiating officer. And I brought my parents in and he saw my resume and he said, uh, you know, a lot about this more than we do. And I said, well, yes, general, I, I don't know a lot about it. Yeah. And he said, well, this is what I'm all about. I'm about getting these guys back. Um, is this something of interest? And the way he said it, it sounded like it'd be something pretty exciting to do. And I said, well, general, uh, I am. <clears throat> so he basically made kind of an offer I couldn't refuse. Okay. Um, so he called me back to active duty. Wow. And uh, it, was, it was three Americans, um, their surveillance aircraft, um, or drug, yeah, drug surveillance aircraft yeah. uh, had gone down, mechanical failure, right. and they were captured by the FARC. Um, and they were being held with, I think it was 15 or 20 high value Colombian hostages. Um, there was a presidential candidate, Ingrid Betancourt, uh, a couple of uh, high ranking military guys, high ranking police officers. And the FARC kept, these were 
they're high, high value hostages that they were going to use in any kind of negotiation. <clears throat> so um, the three Americans were kept along with them. Um, unfortunately, when that surveillance aircraft went down, there was five of them. There was a Colombian observer okay. and another um, U.S. citizen. Both of them were um, executed, killed on the spot, and they took the three Americans with them. So, <clears throat> and um, my commanding general, Charlie Cleveland, he pretty much made it his mission. He was going to recover these guys back. Um, and I really have to be grateful for Charlie Cleveland uh, making that his mission. Um, we did, our unit did not perform the actual rescue. Okay. What ended up happening was we exerted a lot of pressure and there was actually another operation that took place. <clears throat> and because of that other operation, because of the pressure exerted by our group, right. um, that caused that other operation to have a much higher chance of success. Oh, so tell me this. I mean, there's been many movies about, you know, the scenario that you've, uh, uh, that you went through. Is it like the movies in terms of how they betray it or is it more sedate or even more uh, what intense? Um, well, you know, movies are movies, right? And uh, movies have to sell tickets. So my experience, because I can only talk about my experience, is it, it, is, it is a time of extreme highs and lows uh, of extreme adrenaline and a lot of time extreme boredom. Um, <clears throat> there is a lot of, uh, and again, everyone sees it from a different perspective. I, I was extremely fortunate okay. because I saw it from the level of almost a strategic level mm -hmm. uh, because of my background down to the very operational and tactical level. Mm -hmm to the point of, you know, we're getting on helicopters to the point of I'm one person away from the person briefing the president of the United States. So I got to see the entire uh, range of, um, of thought processes, actions, activities. Wow. Okay. Um, so for that, I, I consider myself having to be very, very fortunate. Um, I, I can tell you that movies don't always portray the right way the number of decisions and actions and the number of people that have to work together okay. um, to make something happen. Okay. So that is a uh, man, man, that's wild. That is wild. Now, um, after that experience, uh, like I said, uh, you have gotten uh, uh, in, in, into, <clears throat> into real estate investing. Do you feel that your, your uh, experience, you know, yeah, so had that, um, how has that helped in your real estate? Uh, investing journey the um well while i was deploying i'd, I'd come back um uh, or even during a deployment i'd you know we'd go on a mission and come back <laughs> i'd put away the gear put away everything and then i'd make phone calls back to see what was going on in a project mm -hmm. um so it helped because it was, you had to keep, I had to keep things very compartmentalized. So 
I had, it was like having a double life, right? You know, one life was doing this work and the other life was on the real estate side, on the investing side. Okay. So it was like having to keep both of them compartmented. The, it, it helped because I was able to kind of see things in three dimensions. So that was able to help out a lot uh, to look two and two and three steps farther down the road. Um, <clears throat> okay. I see. I see. Now, quick question. Um, one of the things like um, I've, I've done a little real estate investing here and there, but I feel that most people have this illusion that real estate investment is only for the elite, the wealthy, the rich. Um, but my personal <clears throat> compared to most business ideas, I feel that real estate invest, if you know how to do it, levels a playing field where anybody can become financially independent. Do you have the same sentiment about this? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, for me, um, you know, we're very fortunate that we live in this country, right? I mean, sometimes we beat up the country a lot, but it is a, it is a land of opportunities. Um, just today I was having, uh, I met a Canadian gentleman whose father's a real estate investor and he was telling me the number of obstacles and hurdles he has to deal with in, uh, in Canada and Canada is a border country. They speak English, et cetera. Um, first world, um, country, first world power. And yet the number of rules and regulations that he has to deal with. Um, it, it's, it's almost, it's almost cost prohibitive. He's actually thinking about investing in the U S now. Well, so as far as, I'm sorry, Sam, you were saying, yeah, uh, is it because of uh, when, when you say cost prohibitive, is it because of government regulations or, or uh, taxes or what, 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 what's the cause of it being so cost prohibitive? It's a, I would yeah. It's, yeah it's, yes. it's a combination between regulations and taxes. Okay. Um, I mean, he was telling me that his expense ratio uh, was close to 80%. Um, oh, no. Yeah, 80% 80, 80 expense ratio. Um, my expense ratio here is around 45%. Oh, okay. So, so that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big thing. Yeah. So, um, but to, to, but one second, I just want to really drill down on that. So yes, real estate here, um, everybody needs a place to live. Okay. Right. Um, and if a person focuses their efforts, um, yes, it can definitely level out the playing field. It always helps to have or develop or gain uh, better money management habits. Okay. Right. Um, that, that helps out a lot. But yes, uh, real estate is something that, if if handled wisely, it can uh, it can make a person independent or or free. And free is that person or that family has to get their own definition of the word free, right? Okay. Okay, I understand. 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 Now, um, in terms of a as part of your uh, real estate business itself, you recently started a new podcast. Uh, and uh, uh, for, for the people that <clears throat> Nelson and I have been taking this uh, same course called the London Real uh, 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 Course uh, for Podcasters. And it has been, it's definitely been a, a very monumental journey on my end. But, but for you, Nelson, um, how, uh, what impact has this course uh, uh, 
taking on you in terms of creating this podcast. And uh, in a few minutes, I'd like for you to describe what your podcast is about. Yeah, so Sam, yeah, we've, we've both been taking this course. Um, monumental is maybe even an understatement. In a period of eight weeks, um, the goal is not perfection, that's for sure. <laughs> the goal is... Uh, yeah, that's understatement. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the, the goal is forward movement. Right. So for me, it is a huge, huge shift um, in, in what I'm looking to do in opportunities and access to people. Um, it just opened up a bunch of new doors. I'll put it to you like this. I was at a meeting recently <clears throat> with people that have um, this in the podcasting realm okay. and they have the resources of, a, let's say, a major educational institution. Okay. And they have a radio show. Ooh. Um, Boy, and, I, know. I need to get that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what surprised me was how much during these eight weeks, it, 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 there was not a huge level, a huge disparity in difference in knowledge. Okay. And they have all these resources available to them. Um, and, um, so, so just that by itself, I mean, it's like somebody saying, Hey, um, I'm a Hollywood director or a Hollywood producer right. and a person when else starts a course and eight weeks later, they can go toe to toe with this Hollywood producer and director. That, uh, you, you made an interesting statement because I, I've looked at other podcasting and, and, and especially other so-called prominent podcasters, you know, and the level, like, I still have a kind of a long, I won't say a long ways to go, but it's interesting how, in, as you said, in eight weeks, you know, I'm at the same level as a lot of these podcasters that have been doing this for, you know, years. And even shocked me because you know, eight weeks ago, <laughs> I was, no way, no way, no how. And now you're just like, wow. And uh, you're absolutely <clears throat> correct um, in terms of the people that I've been meeting through the podcasting realm, I mean, it has opened up uh, opportunities that I, I could have never imagined uh, eight weeks ago. So it, is that your experience? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, opportunities. Um, I probably will be interviewing several prominent people. Actually, I will be interviewing several prominent people uh, in Florida. Okay. Um, very high level uh, elected officials, public officials. Um, I've had people reach out to me and say, Hey, I've heard about your podcast. I'd like to be on it. I'd like to be a guest on it. So it definitely, the placement, the access, um, is, is huge. Um, and it's to answer that other question. My podcast is on how foreigners can invest in us real estate. Um, not just the transaction, but the entire life cycle of a transaction. So for a person looking to invest in the U S the podcast is for them. But in addition to someone who would like to work with foreign investors, um, they are advisors, but then doing my research, I found out that I'm leaving out a key component and as components are mindfulness, okay. meditation, high performance, relationship, um, all of these other things that go within to within um, when a person is looking to invest in another country or invest period. So oh, I also bring in subject matter experts in those areas. 
Okay. Okay. Now, now, um, in terms of foreign, uh, foreign investors, are you looking at a certain uh, region like Asia, Europe, or is it pretty much anybody in general that's seeking to invest? Well, um, you know, as as during the course, um, originally my thought was everyone outside the U.S. Yeah. I've been able to drill down to drill down more okay. towards, <clears throat> um, but because it's in English, obviously most business people speak English, but not necessarily everyone. Right. Um, I do speak Spanish, so I'll have a certain number of episodes in Spanish. Um, and so it's the Latin American investors, obviously Australia, because they speak English. Most right. of Europe will understand. Right. And um, I will have an episode or two in Chinese and in Russian geared towards them. Really? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, what, what, what are you gonna talk and be a, a, like a translator, or, or are you? I said. Uh, yeah. So, are you gonna? Yeah, have so, I'm looking at several options, but the, the way I look at it is, yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure. Uh, all I know is that it's gonna happen. Ah. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's pretty interesting there. Now, um, and. And, and in terms of your next uh, five-year plan, I know you've just started the podcast, and uh, as you stated, the uh, real estate is beginning to increase because of the uh, marketing exposure that, that you're getting. But in five years, you know, what are your plans? Uh, you plan to get into like a, like major uh, uh, investment in buildings, uh, commercial properties, or what, what, what's your main uh, area direction? Okay, so I'll tell you about the kind of real estate that we do and then that'll, everything will kind of fall into place. We, are, we invest now in apartment buildings, which is considered commercial. Okay. So we, 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 as I put it, we invest in parts of the country that are quietly outperforming. Key thing is quietly outperforming. So we multifamily properties, okay. apartment buildings, apartment complexes, and I also invest in student housing. Um, I really like student housing again. Um, so there's no development. There's all existing properties that we then make more profitable, either doing something to the building and the area by itself is also growing. Okay. So we're looking to kind of rising tide lifts all ships uh, and okay. we want our ship to be the top one. Okay. Now, now, uh, you've been in the, the business of a uh, multifamily uh, investment and things like apartments, stuff like that. This is my perception, but I want to get y your opinion. Uh, I live in Houston and I've gone to other cities like Austin and places like that. But uh, conception wise, it seems like apartments are being built everywhere. I mean, it's like every quarter mile, there's a new apartment being built. What is that based on? Is that based on people coming into the city or is that just the market being oversaturated all of a sudden? Because uh, it, it doesn't make sense that the amount of apartments that are being built. Uh, what's your opinion in terms of why that is uh, going on in uh, a lot of the major cities? Well, um, Houston, the state of Texas, is a very unique. Um, Texas by itself, like so many places, it's its own economy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So Houston has certain economic drivers. It, it is not, it's not a one trick pony economy. Right. So it has, it has oil, it has uh, oil and gas. It also has um, the space center. Uh, there's technology there as well. So 
they're building it and those are developers, right? right. Um, and sometimes developers can also be put into the land of speculators as well. Yeah. That's but, but the fact is, is that there are people moving to Houston. Okay. The population is growing. So because of that, it's, it's being built. Uh, so real estate. Yeah. So real estate works in market cycles and the market cycle in Houston is pretty long. Why? Because it has a thriving economy. Okay. Okay. It just doesn't seem, I mean, uh, perception wise, uh, there's a few other cities that, that, that are kind of going through the same thing. So, like, so there's, uh, there's job growth, yeah, there's yeah. population growth. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, so what you're telling me, uh, since I live in Houston, it's uh, good advice to invest in multifamily <laughs> units in Houston. Well, there's other factors. I mean, you got to look at, um, you know, there's A properties, B properties, C properties, there's D properties. Um, so there's all those things that, that go along. It's very tough to make a blanket statement. Okay. I like multifamily property because <clears throat> when you have tenants, right. tenants pay rent. Right. Okay. So big thing to do is be a good operator. Uh, operator being um, know how to manage a building, manage the asset and buy it right. Um, so those are the things that would really help out. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Um, that's uh, one, one of the big things that I'm trying to, uh, um, on, on my show, at, at least uh, once every month, I wanna do a show on how to gain financial independence. And uh, I know this is one of the areas that I haven't really struggled at, is it's more of a fear factor of, you know, if I invest this, what's gonna happen if, if things go down. So I go through all the things in my head of, how not to invest rather than sitting down and just just using uh, smart investing strategies. So um, in terms of uh, a, a, a advice for uh, future investors that do want to get in, into the world of investing, what's what's one of the uh, best advices that you would have to give? Um, you know, and this is part of what my podcast is about, that other 30%. Um, in addition to the technical, the how to, it's who do we need to be, which is our mindset. Uh, why are we doing this? And to really ask ourselves, uh, why do we want to invest? Because if we don't have strong reasons, why the fear, fear will beat us up. Um, so that's the first thing I'd say is not hype, not that, Hey, get rich overnight or buy property, no money down but why is this important to us? Okay. Okay. Because it is like a, almost a new career path. You're building a business, right? It's, it's not all martinis and daiquiris on the beach. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and there will be, um, you know, there'll be a fair amount of nail biting as well. Okay. Okay. There's learning new skill sets. Um, so it, it's all those things, but the big thing is to ask ourselves, why do we want to do this? And to really sit down, meditate on it, write it out, um, talk about it with a significant other, um, know that there's risk, but there's always risk. So then you see, we, we learn a lot about, I learned, I've learned a lot about myself. Okay. Um, you know, because how we show up here is how we show up in other places in our lives. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, you, you're definitely right about that. 
Okay. Okay. So, so, um, now, that's, I will say in the next couple of months, I will be coming out with a course okay. on real estate investing. Um, but a good, a significant part of the course or key parts will have to do with mindset. Okay. Okay. We'll have to do with mindset and communication, communication with ourselves. Okay. And when do you plan to uh, offer this course? Um, I want to be able to get it out within the next six to eight months. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely uh, let me know because I would definitely like to broadcast out to uh, the individuals that are listening to my podcast. So uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, I've, I've never heard the, uh, in terms of your class where you tie in mindset to real estate. It, it, it's kind of like, okay, but in, 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 in essence, it, it does make a lot of sense because uh, any, any, any type of new endeavor, you know, whether it's investing, you do have to get your mind into the focus into why you're doing it. And that's the first battle of uh, overcoming <laughs> your uh, struggles. So that's really interesting there. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Um, man, this time. Yeah, I mean, the course is, yeah. Yeah. So the, the yeah. So, yeah, so just to let you know, the course is, and again, we live in a great country, and I, I emphasize that, the course is on how to buy fourplexes. Um, fourplexes is the largest number of units a person can buy and have them still be a residential property, which oh, really? means the down payment is much less. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So I, yeah, so to me, a fourplex is like a hidden gem. Okay. Um, a person can buy a, a four-unit property and still put anywhere from five to 10% down. If they buy a five unit property, immediately it's 20 to 25% down. I did not know that. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. That's something that, uh, huh. that's powerful. Wow. Okay. So, so um, do, do, do you see this trend uh, increasing? Are there a lot of investors like going into this arena or is, is it mostly your, you know, small to mid-sized investors that are going into this, sector yeah there's there's actually not really that many okay. um because most people first of all don't know that a fourplex is has the same advantages of buying a single family home okay even more i'd say okay. because you can get more units if you buy a single family home and you rent it out if that one tenant is sick or gets evicted uh what rent are you getting you see, you're, you're, you're still no. getting yeah 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 None, because that tenant's out. But if you buy a fourplex and one tenant is out, right, you still have a seventy-five percent occupancy. Yes, which is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If two tenants are out, you still have a fifty percent occupancy. Right. Yeah, I never thought about that. You know that 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 really uh, you've just opened up a new world for me in terms of uh, I did not realize that uh, up to four that you had the same uh, uh, investment advantage of buying a, uh, of buying a single family home. So, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I hope my listeners mm -hmm. uh, hear yeah. this. <laughs> this is a uh, free advice. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, Nelson. Um, it looks like uh, we're about time here. Um, I definitely ap appreciate you being a guest on this podcast. And uh, 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 when you get your course ready, please let me know. Cause I would like to let, 
let my listeners uh, know because I think this is really valuable information. This is something that that I want to start getting back into myself. Um, ultimately, the whole, the the whole strategy with the real estate investing is to you know eventually gain financial independence. And like you said, it's not a uh, it's not necessarily easy uh, get rich scheme. It's going to take effort. It's going to be ups and downs. And that's the one thing that uh, you so eloquently stated that it, 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 it will take effort, but to identify why you're doing it, which, which, which I'll do, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners will do. So in closing, um, anything else you'd like to say in closing? Oh, one more thing before I finish, I forgot. <laughs> I asked you that one last question. Uh, uh, I asked all my guests uh, if they had a song that represented, uh, 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 a theme song that represented who they uh, are, uh, what was your theme song that you wrote down? Oh my goodness, Sam. Um, for me, it's, I guess I have the same song for every phase of my life, but um, probably, probably the, the main one would be uh, Let's Go by uh, Calvin Harris and Neo. Oh, my daughter loves, loves, loves that song. <laughs> oh my God, my daughter's going to have a while. I'm going to have, have her listen to this right. podcast. <laughs> All right. And 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 my 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 daughter too. No, really. So. Okay. Well, we 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 have a common factor there. So in closing, uh, uh-huh. close out with this song representing you, and I uh, definitely want to uh, look forward to getting having you back on with uh, with additional real estate advice. I think this is one of the key things a lot of my listeners uh, want to hear about what strategies to use in real estate investing. So thank you for your time, and here's to you. Let's go, make no excuses now, I'm talking here and now, I'm talking here and now, let's go, your time is running.